0: As we transition uh, through perimenopause and through into menopause and beyond, uh, we can experience a harder time controlling our glucose levels and more weight gain. And this can be due to insulin resistance, because as we move through perimenopause, we tend to become less insulin sensitive. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer turned high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi friends, in today's podcast episode I'm going to be talking to you about oestrogen and specifically how you might feel when oestrogen drops and how this can lead to, yes, hot flashes, but also you can get kind of brain fog and symptoms like that and really perimenopause can be a bit of a curveball for many women. And so in today's episode I'm going to be covering nutritional strategies that you can use to help support healthy oestrogen levels. You may also consider hormone therapy alongside but in this week's episode I'm going to be just tackling the nutrition side of things. Now, one of the first views that you can think about are phytoestrogens. They have healthy estrogen-like activity that can help to alleviate some of the menopausal symptoms that you can get. And sources of phytoestrogens would include nuts, flaxseed, soy, red clover, pomegranate, and kudzu. Um, And these have kind of healthy estrogen-like activities within the body. So if estrogen is low, then they can help to improve those estrogen levels. Another thing to be thinking about in terms of your nutrition is that when estrogen levels drop, serotonin levels also fall. And this can be the reason that sort of you get that feeling of low mood, you can get some irritability and anxiety, and maybe even a bit of sadness. And it's that drop in serotonin that can contribute to this. So from a nutritional perspective, one thing to be thinking about here would be omega-3 fatty acids. So these would be found in oily fish. Um, Specifically, I would encourage you to look at smash fish, which are salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herrings, because these have lower levels of mercury. You can also get omega-3s from grass-fed meat. And this will help to boost levels of EPA and DHA, which are two omega-3 fatty acids that are abundant in fish oil. And there has been some research to show that they can help to alleviate clinical depression. So, looking to optimize um, fatty acid intake through oily fish, um, maybe once or twice a week, would be advisable. You can also use an omega 3 supplement, which is something that I like to include as well on a weekly basis. The next area to think about is cruciferous vegetables. So, these are things like broccoli, cauliflower cabbage, bok choy, brussels sprouts, yes they're not for just for christmas. Uh, kale, mustard, kohlrabi and turnip and they basically contain the phytochemical dindole methane or dim as you've probably heard of. And dim can help to shift estrogen metabolism to favor friendly estrogen metabolites. Um, and this can be done within as little as four weeks. So, if you're using DIM, you want to probably be working with a practitioner, but you can also help to improve um, the levels of DIM from your diet by eating plenty of cruciferous vegetables. And cruciferous vegetables are wonderful for helping to enhance detoxification. The other thing to be thinking about is probiotics. Now, There isn't necessarily a specific probiotic that I would encourage you to take. I'm definitely a food first person, but I think that um, consuming foods that contain live bacteria can really help to maintain the health of your microbiome and support healthy estrogen levels. So this would be things like live yogurt um, and fermented foods such as kefir, sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, and also in limited amounts, sourdough bread provided that you're not sort of gluten intolerant or you have problems with gluten. And these foods can help to support our healthy gut bacteria. The other thing to be thinking about when you're supporting the health of your microbiome is including foods that are really rich in polyphenols. So these would be any foods that are bright or sort of dark in colour. So look for things like blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, aubergines, tomatoes and red peppers. These are all um, helping to support your healthy gut bacteria. Another thing to think about is calcium deglucurate. Now this is a natural compound that's found in fruits and vegetables, specifically in things like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, back to those cruciferous vegetables again, uh, and also apples. And calcium deglucorate has been shown to inhibit the enzyme that can contribute to breast cancer and colon cancer. And it also helps to reduce the absorption of estrogen from the digestive tract. This, again, is something if you're working with a practitioner, you might consider in supplement form. But you can also improve levels that you're consuming by getting it through your diet, as I've mentioned, from cruciferous vegetables and also apples. Now, Some of the other things that you might want to think about in terms of micronutrients is also calcium and magnesium. We know that women as they transition through menopause are at an increased risk of osteoporosis due to the loss of estrogen. So alongside um, strength training and improving your protein levels in your diet, thinking about foods that help to build um, our bone, things um, that contain calcium and magnesium are also going to help to prevent bone loss. Um, So again, this is coming back to things like leafy greens. Um, The other thing to think about is really just controlling your blood glucose. So as we transition uh, through kind of perimenopause and through intermenopause and beyond, uh, we can experience... A harder time controlling our glucose levels and more weight gain and this can be due to insulin resistance because as we move through perimenopause we tend to become less insulin sensitive and so making sure that you're avoiding refined carbohydrates so uh, things like bread and pasta for example and consuming carbohydrates in the form of whole foods that have their fiber intact so really focusing much more on fruits and vegetables can help to balance insulin levels especially if you combine those foods with some healthy fat and some protein as well and that can also help you if you're sort of struggling to maintain or manage your weight as well and that brings me on to the next point which is the importance of protein so during um, as we make that transition through menopause that natural decline in estrogen levels can actually contribute to a loss of muscle mass and strength and we know that we're losing muscle mass from sort of at the age of 30 onwards so this is where we really want to be focusing on that resistance training but also supporting that recovery and muscle protein synthesis by getting enough daily protein in our diet and that will help to prevent muscle loss. So what you want to be looking for here is somewhere between 30 and 40 grams of protein in each serving and a total amount of somewhere between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight or if you're overweight per pound of target body weight per day. Um, animal proteins make it easier to kind of stimulate that muscle protein synthesis because they contain the required amount of leucine, which is really important. But if you're having plant-based proteins, then you just want to mix up so that you're getting the full spectrum of essential amino acids. You can, of course, also take some essential amino acids to support you alongside, but I always think food first, as I've mentioned. And then the other area to be thinking about is healthy fats. So, Good quality fats are associated with a lower risk of both heart disease and breast cancer. So what you want to be thinking about is healthy sources of omega-3 and omega-6. I've already mentioned oily fish, for example, but also thinking about foods like avocado, extra virgin olive oil, and chia seeds. You can make some nice like chia puddings. And so if you'd like some ideas on how to incorporate some of these healthy foods, then I have a recipe plan that you can download with 15 tasty recipes that have been put together to help support healthy estrogen levels. And I will put a link to that download in the top link in the show notes. If you're enjoying these bite-sized episodes, then please head over to the platform you're listening on and leave us a positive review. It really helps to get the message out to a wider audience and support the show. So once again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you again next week for another bite-sized episode. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey to vibrant health and high performance. Make sure you check out the show notes for a summary of all the important links to everything we talked about. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit the follow button and share it with a friend on social media or leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Remember, achieving high performance health is about getting 1% better each day. So think about one thing you learned from today's episode and start implementing it today. Share with me what you've learned on social media over at Angela S. Foster. I love hearing from you and connecting with you. Have a beautiful day and always remember you are worthy of your dreams.